My guest today is a psychic, a medium, a life coach. I want to welcome to the show Amy Lee Westervelt. The interviewer with Beef Tech. Hey, Amy. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm good. Just trying to hang in here. We had a little bit of a rain thunderstorm over here. I don't know. How's the weather over there where you're at? You know, we're in monsoon season here in Savannah. So it's like beautiful all day, super hot. And then in the evening, you get these like mini hurricanes and then it just cools down again. Yeah. You know, Savannah, that's one of those cities um, kind of like New Orleans, I believe, that has that kind of weird psychic -y vibe. Or is that just something I heard on the, what, what's your take um, on that? Savannah is definitely considered to be one of the most haunted cities in the country. Any, any scary stories that, you know, how long have you lived there for? Um, well, my daughter's eight, so at least probably eight years. Yeah. Um, I'm originally from Boston. Any scary stories? Uh, a lot of the places downtown are considered to be haunted. Um, we have a cemetery here that's called St. Bonaventure Cemetery, and it has these really big, like, statue, like, creepy-looking statues on top of a lot of the graves. Um, it's the, uh, the inspiration for the movie Midnight in the Garden, well, the book Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. There's that little girl on the front with the, they call it the bird girl with the little. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's from Bonaventure Cemetery. Ooh. And now Halloween's coming up here too. So yeah. I don't know. Are you, are you a Halloween person? Uh, not really. I feel like you either are or you aren't. And I, I, I don't mind it, but I'm not enough of one to say I am one. You have some psychic abilities, but there's some particular names for that and explain what that is. Yeah, so um, I, first of all, let me start by saying when I would think of the word psychic, I always thought of uh, Miss Cleo, right? Like, call me now for your free reading. Yeah. And I always thought psychic meant that you could tell the future, that you had like a crystal ball and you could say, oh, that's going to happen. I realize now that the word psychic actually has a lot of different meanings. And what it basically means is having extra sensory abilities, not necessarily extrasensory perception, but having extra abilities that connect you to what we call the quantum field in a way that is different than, you know, just your regular senses. So there's, they call them the clairs. There's clairaudience. Um, you hear things, clairsentience, claircognizance, clairvoyance. You've heard of all the clairs. Uh, the well, ones no, I, you know, I'm still a little fuzzy on what you're saying there, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, explain some of this, the kind of the basic concept of what you're talking about there. Sure. So clear means clear. And then whatever the suffix is, is that type of clearness. So clear audience is you hear things, you can hear things that other people can't hear. Clear cognizance is like cognition, right? Knowing, clear knowing. Uh, clear voyance is hearing, uh, I think that's hearing voices. Um, clear sentience is clear uh, being, like you know, you can feel 
Um, I should have had a list of these. There's That's some that right. I don't really relate to, so I don't yeah. know them as well. But Claire Cog- I'm not giving a clinic here, so you're good. <laughs> so <laughs> so Claire, Cog- Claire Cognizance is the one that I most relate to. And what that looks like is, well, I'll go right ahead and tell you my story. So in about December of last year, I all of a sudden felt this sensation. And if you... If you're uh, squeamish of crazy people, this is where you get off because this is when this is when my crazy happened. Um, <laughs> I I felt the sensation that someone had dropped that like UPS had dropped off about twenty five filing cabinets of locked information in the front hallway of my brain. Like I had mm. this heaviness of what what I would then call a download. But I didn't, I didn't have access to any of the information. I didn't really know what it was that was happening, but I just felt this heavy knowing that I didn't have any access to. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it, it does. But it's, it's hard to explain that, how it makes sense. But keep on going. So then after that happened, I was pretty sure that eventually whatever was in there was going to be revealed. Didn't really know what it was or what it was pertaining to, but there was just this very real sensation that something just happened, and it's, and when the time is right, I'm going to have access to this information. So lo and behold, maybe at the beginning of January, all of a sudden it was like someone burst open all of these filing cabinets. Papers went everywhere. They were flying through my brain. Oh my catching, god! Catching sentences here and there, trying to figure it out. You couldn't really make sense of it. And then the Super Bowl halftime show happened and something really significant I noticed was that here we have, you know, we have the conservatives and the liberals. We have the feminists and the non-feminists. We have different groups that are very divided, right? Like if you're a Nike person, then you're also a Pepsi person kind of a thing. Like there are certain things that if you believed one set of things you also believed a lot of other things but when it came to the super bowl halftime show and if you guys don't remember you're unfamiliar there was a lot of controversy about the halftime show with the two women and some people said that it was like glorifying sex abuse and some people said it was beautiful and some people said it was super feminist and empowering and some people said it was derogatory to women but what was really interesting about this that i noticed was that the groups that normally feel a certain way were completely different. It was like when you play that game where you have two different sides of the room and you tell people to walk to the different side, depending on what they think when you're little and your kids and you're like, wow, he likes chocolate ice cream, but he also loves math. Like you get to see that, you know, the complexity of the human. It was really interesting for me to see that there were people that were conservative that thought that the Super Bowl halftime show was really empowering. And there were, you know, potentially liberal people that thought that it was really derogatory towards women and vice versa. And I saw this massive shift of in energy where it didn't matter what we were fighting about. We just, we were fighting. And that's when I got this download that said, look, the shadow doesn't want to integrate, right? Like the side of the, our, our collective consciousness 
So let me back up for a second. And I mean, you knew you were getting into this with this subject matter, so I don't feel too bad for you. But the consciousness of this planet, it, it's all one supercomputer with a whole bunch of little baby computers that feed off of it. And that's what we are. So there's really just one brain and we're all like little pieces of that one brain. So there's, there's a shadow side or like a side that the collective is ashamed of about itself. And we call that the shadow self. It doesn't want to integrate. It was so clear to me that the shadow did not want to integrate to the point where it was going to kick and scream and create as much divisiveness as it possibly could. So in my Facebook group, I went live and I said, look, I know this is insane, but I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking and maybe it'll resonate. Maybe I'll look like a total freak, but here's the deal. And I proceeded to tell them that the shadow self didn't want to integrate and that we were going to see more division that year than we've ever seen. And it was going to feel crazy and they were going to feel crazy, but to hold on tight because eventually it has to come back to center. Yeah. And then COVID-19 happened. And obviously... So what you're telling me is you kind of... By what happened at the Super Bowl and the shift that you kind of saw the future was going to happen based on that information? Yeah, but I didn't think of it that way. Like, I didn't think of it as I was seeing the future. In fact, one of the reasons that I started to do my research about what was going on with COVID and what I decided to believe was that I felt this... I was like, oh gosh, is this, you know, I went into my intuition and said, is, is this a crisis? Like, are we all dying right now? Is this a big, scary thing? And the source kind of said, you need to look beyond this. You need to look above this, this thing that you're focused on this disease. It's not about the disease, go bigger. And we're in control. And so once I looked at that and, and decided to believe that that was so, I kind of went on a wild goose chase learning about what that looked like, which you and I discussed offline that we don't have to get into here. And that is what made me start researching all of the underpinnings of what's going on with society and the crazy amount of gaslighting that's happening right now in society and the people that are being made to feel wrong for their different beliefs on both sides um, well, let me ask you a question. When did this all started happening for you? How old were you when you started knowing that you could kind of see stuff that other people can't see? I have had the ability my whole life, but I had a very narcissistic father who really fought hard to gaslight me and make me ignore my intuition as a child. So I really never had access to it until I cut my father out of my life, probably about three years ago. Um, and so I always had this thing where I would talk to somebody and I would tell them things about themselves, things I picked up on, things I could feel thinking that everybody had those abilities. Do you know what I mean? Like I figured that like, that's just humanity. Cause I never knew any different. It would be the equivalent of me going up to you, standing next to you and saying, wow, I really like your boxer shorts. You'd be like, uh, what? Like, how do you see my underwear? But only with well, a lot of guys were like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but only, but only with your personality. Imagine if I could say, Hey, I noticed that you, 
you know, when you said this thing, I could tell that you're really insecure about this part of you. And I would just blurt that out as a little kid. Yeah. And I never understood why it alienated me and nobody ever bothered to explain. My mom just told me, you know, don't talk to people. Less is more. You know, if you don't want it to end up on the front page of the newspaper, then don't tell people things. And, you know, you don't need to tell people your private business. And so, you know, I always kind of just kept it all inside. And it wasn't until I was adult, an adult that I was like, wait a second, not everybody can do this. This, this thing that I'm doing, because I just think that's how people talk to each other, that's not what it is at all. So did you when, you, when you were a little girl, did you have little psychic sessions and bring your friends around and do stuff like that? Did you have playtime that you would pretend you were a psychic? No, I could just... Um, so my, my big sister, we have the same dad and different moms. She has an aunt who is, and back in the 90s or in the 80s, was a famous psychic. And she created some tarot cards um, that were very easy to read. They were like, they had all the words on them. And I would do these little readings for adults when I was little with these cards. And they were always scarily accurate. And I just thought that was like, oh, wow, I got lucky. Um, I do oracle readings in my group now for my, for my, my community. Um, and I, I'll read them the card and then I'll tell them what I feel is coming through. And I don't think I've ever had a situation where they haven't been like, wow, that's, and it's, you know, what's really interesting about being psychic is it always feels like a lie. You always feel like a scammer. Like every single time you're saying what you're feeling and you're like, okay, this is totally off the wall, but this is what's coming through. Like the other day there was this woman and she got a card about weight loss. And I told her, you know, well, this is what I think this is about. She's like, that's exactly what happened. Or people will say like, I'm crying. You're totally speaking my language. And I mean, some like, people might say, well, I mean, maybe you're good at reading body languages, you know? Yeah. Except uh, these are people online that are yeah. on a live video that I can't see them. Maybe I've never seen their picture. Maybe their picture is a graphic. I don't have any way to see their body language. Yeah. Well, a lot of people would say that maybe you're really good at body language or, you know, yeah. I don't know. But um, so when you were growing up, mm -hmm. um, did anything dramatic happen to you? Any to kind of change your direction on? Um, yeah. When I was seven, my father and my mother got divorced and my father was really upset about it. And he left the house kind of in a huff and he said he was going to kill himself. And I remember going up to my room and sitting down on my bed and crying and thinking about what it would be like not to have a dad anymore. And I asked God at the time to, to be with me in that moment and to put his arms around me and, you know, protect me and make me feel safe. And when I did that, um, I felt that, um, a couple years ago, I did an NLP session with a coach. This was back when I first started coaching and I went back to that same moment. What's an LP? Oh, Sorry. NLP. It's called neuro linguistic programming. It's, it's a whole type of, uh, coaching where you do this thing called timeline therapy and you actually go back and, and visit times in your life and you, and you can, 
it's it's very intricate. You'll have to look it up. Um, I, I don't specialize in it, but it's a really amazing tool for looking at your life from a different perspective and and how you are programmed, you know, through your thoughts and feelings. Um, so I did this NLP session, and one of the things I had to do was go back to that room where I was that little girl and I went into the room and I sat down on the bed next to myself. And what do you know? What do I do? I gave myself a giant hug. That's makes sense. It was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Like I have to say that my sister is a psychic and she's, you know, she's been doing it since I've been a little kid, and she tells me these crazy stories. And growing up, we had crazy things happen. So that's why I'm interested in talking to people like you. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons, too. But I never would have thought that I was, I, I mean, if you said, oh, you're a psychic. Like, you even said, you know, hey, you're the psychic, right? And I'm like, well, I don't know if I really identify as that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you stories that are clearly saying that I am. So, yeah, I'm the psychic. <laughs> I mean, do you think, like, um um, law of attraction is a psychic because you know you hear that terminology law, law of attraction oh yeah you I work a, with it all the time with clients it's one of my tools in my toolbox for sure is that now is that something that's kind of on the psychic borderline do you think no I think that here's the thing I don't think anybody has more abilities than anyone else I think some people just cultivate them more or they show up out of need for example I work primarily in my group and my coaching with empaths and highly sensitive people which I am an empath and I believe that a lot of empaths become that way out of necessity so growing up you know having a father who one minute was nice to you and the next minute was trying to connive his way to get you to do something I was constantly having to watch my back and pay attention to body language and look and see. And so now I, you know, like many others, when I walk into a room and someone says, you know, hi, Amy Lee versus someone going, oh, hi, I can tell the difference in their energy because I had to, you know, as a child. I mean, you don't think it's like logistics, like knowing language and how people accent stuff and the way someone says something to you, the way they use the words. You could tell a lot by that, too. There's definitely part of it, for sure. That might have been a bad example. But sometimes, like, in business, you know, in jobs I had when I was younger, I would just be like, are you okay? Is everything all right? And they would be like, yeah, why? And you could just, it's just, it's an energetic frequency that you can feel. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, growing up like that, it lends itself to being more that way. Um, and that's kind of where it started for me, but the law of attraction is more of aligning with an identity. It's, it's more of, again, anybody can do it. It's just taking your thoughts there and, and creating that congruency between the frequency of the thing you're trying to attract and yourself. And I don't want to bore you with a lot of that, but that is really what I work on with clients is how to, you know, how to, how to align that process. Well, you're not boring me, but let's talk about life coaching. Yeah. Um, I, does that mean like, Oh, you know what? I got to pay a bill and you tell them you maybe you shouldn't pay the whole bill or like, do you manage their life? Is it like you're, are you hands on, 
with the life coaching? I think life coaching kind of gets a bad rap. I think that there are so many different nuances of life coaching. Um, Yes, there are definitely some people that are like life skills coaches for sure. But I've had a life coach for five years, the same one who I absolutely adore. Um, And she's somebody who has helped me, you know, on my career path. Um, She, you know, she's been a really integral part of my life. I personally, the kind of life coach I am is called a dream design coach. So I actually help people figure out what they really want so that they can create it. Because what I found in my experience of working with folks is that a lot of people chase dreams that aren't theirs. And then they wonder why they don't have the steam to keep going or why they're really, why they peter out halfway or why they're not fulfilled. I work with a lot of coaches myself who, you know, earn a lot of money, 10, 20, 30 K sometimes in a month, and they're still not satisfied. And so we have to get to the bottom of what is it that you're really chasing? What is it that you're really trying to create? Because we've got to get you on track with that. Um, I like to think of it as this. A life coach is just somebody who's like one toehold ahead of you when it comes to whatever it is you're trying to create, whatever you're trying to do. They don't have to be, you know, they don't have to be like have their doctorate in life coaching, right? They just need to be a little bit ahead of you to say, hey, I've been there. I know that, you know, this X, Y, and Z might happen there. Here are some things I did to deal with it. And oh, by the way, look, I'm here now. That's really all a life coach needs to be. So it's not really like, okay, today I need you to get up and make sure you brush your teeth. Like it's, it's not like that. And it's different for everybody. Um, there are life coaches that deal with confidence. There are life coaches that do specifically relationships. There are ones that deal with imposter syndrome. I mean, it really depends on what it is you want to specialize in. And for me, creative process, the law of attraction, building your dream business and life is is um, is what I find my joy in. Now, do you find the life coaching, um, do you recommend sometimes exercise or what kind of stuff besides uh, dream, what did you say, dream what? Design. Dream design mm-hmm. for them to do, to try to get to their goal. Do you do physical stuff? Do you recommend doing physical stuff or what? Explain a little bit more to me. Sure. Um, It really depends on the person. It depends on what it is they're trying to create. There's definitely actionable items for everything. Um, I have this thing called the Dream Design Archetype Assessment that has four different scripts that I take people through. It's like like my freebie, my opt-in. And then when you pick which script resonates with you, it gives you some actionable items take. So what I do is I try to get you to align with the identity of a person who has whatever it is you're trying to create. So what does that person do every day? You're going to want to do that. What thoughts do they have? You're going to want to have those thoughts. To me, you're still being a little vague and my audience might agree with me just to kind of put it more down and simplify it. Three, give, give me three examples, three examples that would that you would recommend of someone that you're life coaching just so I could kind of get a grasp on what you're saying okay um I gotta think of some specific people then so give me okay okay so let's see take your time on I've been editing these episodes so we're good okay Okay. (laughs) yeah um 
So I have a client who really wanted to travel to Tuscany and paint. So that's something that was a dream of hers. So in order to align with that dream, one of the things she's got to do is figure out what are the logistics of flying to Tuscany. It wasn't during COVID. uh, So she had to figure out she had to have a passport. When did she want to go? So we needed to put it on the calendar. Believe it or not, when it comes to that kind of thing, the money is the least of the problems. It's the logistics. So we did some research. We looked up some different painting tours in Tuscany. We figured out how much money they would be, um, you know, so she knew like which one she wanted to do um, and when they were going to meet, how long. So she had to make sure that she would be able to leave her cats with a sitter um, because this was a a girl who was uh, recently divorced. So she lived by herself and her cats (laughs) and so um we talked about you know we went and looked at some restaurants in the area and where she'd probably want to eat while she was there um we had to make sure that we picked a place that was gluten-free because she had gluten allergies and so we went through the whole visualization process for what she was trying to create so that's one um another one i have a client who is trying to break into a new area. She's making very good money in her area. She's trying to break into a new area and she was having a little bit of a difficulty. And I said, I want you to go write me a message as if this already happened. So she wrote me a message as if she had just gotten, you know, the dream gig that she wanted. And we played role played that in a message so that she could align her energy with what that would feel like. Um, yeah. Let me think. That makes sense. Yeah. That's kind of a law of attraction kind of yeah. stuff too. Yeah, it's def- well, yeah, that's a huge part of dream design because it follows the creative process, right? So ask, believe, and receive. Ask for what you want. You got to get really darn clear on what that is. Believe that it's it seems, on its way. It seems to me too, doing this life coaching, yeah, that it might be stressful for you being, you know, having the psychic ability too. How does that ever affect you? You know, connecting with a lot of people at one time. Oh, absolutely. I have to constantly ground, especially if you ever watch me do any of my live readings, which I I do for free, just in case anybody was wondering. I don't charge for those Oracle readings. I don't feel like that's something I need to charge for at this point. Um, But if you watch me do them, you'll see my energy actually get sapped over the course of the session. And sometimes clients of mine will message me and be like, I can tell that you're getting tired or I can see it happening. And they'll kind of remind me because I always tell them, you know, I I teach them because a lot of them have their own things. I teach them that it's important to ground and to center your energy and to protect yourself from from energy sapping, which happens a lot. Um, So, yeah, it definitely is something. I don't take a lot of personal clients, one-on-one clients for that reason. And I only take soul-aligned clients, people that, like, I know I can help. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of stuff that you're doing. You have five kids. Yeah. You're married to uh, a military person. Yep. And what what do you do for to relax? Get away from all this. Really relax. <laughs> oh. I I think that different personality types don't necessarily get enjoyment from relaxing, and I think that I. I'm working towards that, but I think I still have a lot of anxiety. I have a lot of trauma and PTSD from things that happened to me as a child um, that I don't really want to get into. But 
I am slowly kind of unraveling a little bit. Um, I think that probably the most relaxing thing for me, and it sounds silly, is just helping people. I think that I yeah. get a lot of enjoyment out of helping people. That is, it is nice to help people. There's something magical about it, you know, entertaining or helping people. Yeah. I like it myself. Now go back to life coaching. Yeah. Um, life coaching kind of more on the corporate side of things. You know, people want to do the best. They want to mm-hmm. have the edge. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of people using micro dosing LSD to try to gain the edge in, in the corporate world. Have you heard anything like that? You know, you, you mentioned that and it made me think of, there was a movie that came out that he turned it into a TV show called limitless. And it was, yeah, all I think I saw it. that one. You haven't seen it. No, I, I, I think I saw part of oh, it like okay. late night. The TV show was really good. I'm, I'm actually sad that they canceled it, but the movie was good too. Um, I, I know that there is very much, you know, a pushing masculine energy in Silicon Valley. And by the way, let me, let me define masculine energy. I don't mean manly. It's there's pushing energy and there's, <laughs> you don't mean you don't mean manly. That's funny. Go ahead. Well, because masculine energy is pushing energy. A lot of females lead with masculine energy. It's like going, moving, uh, pushing and, Feminine energy is the creative energy, the painting, you know, the dreaming men as well as women have both feminine and masculine energy. There's nothing gender attached to that. So that being said, a lot of people in Silicon Valley lead with their masculine energy and it's all about being better than the next person or getting pushed out. So it definitely makes sense to me that they would do things like that to try to kind of get that competitive edge. It's kind of like you see, you know, uh, steroids in the sports world, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I hear a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just wonder if, I'm, I'm, you know, doing what you do with life coaching, I was, you know, wonder if anyone... Um, with you've the dealt with, that I have, I really haven't gotten into that with them, but I, I coach corporate clients in a group setting. So, yeah. um, I don't know that they necessarily are going to out themselves as, you know, licking frogs and stuff. What's something that you, you tried and you totally failed and what lessons have you learned? Um, okay. I tried to be a wedding planner when I first got out of college. I thought that that's yeah. what I wanted. Um, I worked on a cruise, a dinner cruise out of Boston. It was like my dream job. I absolutely freaking hated it. I sucked at it. I think I got fired. If I didn't get fired, I got asked to leave. I don't remember. It was one of the two. Um, I would like forget appointments with brides. I wouldn't even be in Boston when they needed to like meet with me. Like I was just not, I was not the corporate cookie cutter person. Like I need, I can't do the same thing every day and like, slog to work like i need variety i need different people i need different energy so i I definitely failed miserably at that and what i learned is that that's just not the right environment for me i'm meant to be an entrepreneur i'm meant to be my own boss um and i i do much better with that yeah it's it's not for everybody but for the people that need that it's important to have it Um, You guys are welcome to join my group if you want. You know, um, it's Dream Building Entrepreneurs on Facebook. Or you can follow me on gratitude underscore um, and underscore glamour on Instagram. Okay, sounds good. 
Amy Lee, thanks a lot for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. The Interviewer with Beef Tech. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or if you want to be on the show, you can email me at the interviewer with beef tech at gmail.com.